Welcome everyone to Orenthal Redux. We are re-releasing our original short series Orenthal with new editing and music. Three years ago, we started our podcast with this actual play, with no idea of where it would lead. Taking place over a hundred years before our current actual play adventures, our characters in Orenthal looked for clues and hunted for a secret foe who instigated devious plots within the city. I'm Tony, the Dungeon Master of the campaign, and with me here are the following players. Hi, I'm Adam. I'm going to be playing Sildan. He is a Way of the Kensei monk, uh, and he's a wood elf. Hi, this is Bethany. I'm playing Saria, who is an ASMR Order of the Immortal mystic. I'm Rachel. I will be playing Kalima, the cleric domain of the grave. Hey, I'm Nick. I'm playing Tor, the dwarven inquisitive rogue. I'm Chris. I will be playing the human wizard Daryl Mavis. And we would all like to welcome you to Orenthal. Orenthal Redux, Episode 2, might not be particularly trustworthy. Last time, as Tor, Saria, Kalima, Daryl, and Sildan all met in Vral's hideout, they got to know one another briefly, before Vral and Gerbo gathered them together, prepared to discuss the series of disappearances that they believe to be a bigger threat to the city than people realize. So as you all take your seats, Shamar just kind of nods towards you for a moment, Kalima, and says, um, I'm not part of this, so I'll be going. I'll make sure to leave a message for Antino. Thank you. And then she'll he nods. sit down. I'll say, bye, Shamar. I, I, I don't have any paper on me, do I? Uh, no. I would have paper. Do you need Bro, some paper? I still need to send a message to Captain Marsh. Oh, Daryl would definitely have paper on him. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> As Shamar leaves, Vral just kind of looks and is like, it's already been done. Okay. And he looks towards Gerbo, and Gerbo just nods and, I work with Captain Marsk. It's taken care of. She knows you're here. Have I seen Gerbo before? Make an intelligence check. Ooh, 17. I am loving these dice. <laughs> you think you've seen him on one or two occasions, but never really thought to uh, to talk to him or pay really much attention to him. All right. He always, he always stuck around the back. There's a long pause for a moment as you're all sitting, and you eventually see Gerbo just look right at Lily. It, is Lily not supposed to be here? I'll go guard the entrance. <laughs> <laughs> she turns and starts to walk up the stairs and suddenly stops, turns around, and closes the door behind her. <laughs> well, now that you're all here... We can discuss these disappearances that have been happening lately and how we can hope you all will help. So, I am Vral Humblefire. I founded the Shadow Wolves as an organization to help each other out, those less fortunate. During the time of the Cataclysm, we wound up being more of a mercenary group fighting off undead creatures in the low hills and the Enclub Heights. Now we just... Do what we can to get by. Gerbo nods at this point. And I am Gerbo. I am spy master for the city. And I've actually worked with Vral on one or two occasions when the needs have arise. So we know why 
you are all here. What you don't know is how you have all been affected by this particular group that goes by the name The Whispered Ones. I mean, I know I had a really awkward conversation with a half-orc because of it. Vral just smirks slightly, and at this point, now only, he goes to sit in uh, one of the chairs to face all of you. And as he kind of almost curls up in it, you see from the shadows behind him begin to form and coalesce as two dog-like figures appear right beside him, and he begins to scratch one behind the head. You notice their bodies never fully solidify as if the shadowy forms still partially cling to the very shadows behind them. Can I make some kind of check to see if I know <laughs> what those are? If they're like, Same. Okay. Yeah, I would do that something. too. Arcana. Arcana. I'd like to make an inside check. I want to know if we're about to be murdered. A 19 total. And for Kalima, I got a 6 for Arcana. And I got a uh, 22. Nice. Do you want the inside checks or not yet? I'll do the Arcana checks first. Okay. So these are Shadow Mastiffs, creatures that tend to form and coalesce within shadow and jump out and attack for whatever master that they uh, have bonded to. I'll uh, ask him if those are his shadow wolves. He just gives a big smile. Yes, any member of the shadow wolves gets bound to one of these lovely creatures and can essentially call it to him whenever they wish. That's quite an ability to have. They are such good dogs. And you see him like scratch one under the chin. It's huge mouth just stretched out to allow him to do so. The other kind of just seems to be looking around the room. An inside check. Mine was a yeah. natural 20 plus 6, so 26. Uh, mine would have been a 19. Okay. You don't sense any hostile intent. Okay. I would have also had my hand on my blade real quick. Do we sense nefarious intent? <laughs> nope. He. You just get the impression he just wanted his dogs with him. Okay. That does not make me feel better. So Tor, Tor follows up to Rawl's explanation. It, it sounds like joining the Shadow Wolves requires a little more than a handshake. We're not asking you to join. We're asking for your help. Gerbo's not a member, yet he still helps when the need arises. Gerbo nods at this. So... Part of it is that Vral's not well-liked outside of this area. I mean, no offense, but he's not well-liked even in this area, really. And the council doesn't believe that this is a threat. I disagree, but until I can find more proof, there's not much I can do about it. I can look anywhere within the northern districts of the city, but I'm one person, even with my team. Vral has few resources as well, but he can't operate very well during the day or even outside of these two districts. That's kind of where we're hoping the five of you will come in. Whoa, hold on. What's his problem with daylight? I have no issue with daylight, but my face is fairly well known. I imagine you have trouble working outside of your sphere of influence as well. There is some difficulty to it. I mean, there's always disguises. And I use them as needed. There is always an easy way to blend into a crowd for the man to just yourself, I would imagine. Oh, I have no problem hunting my prey, but I tend to prefer not to put myself in any more danger than I need to. And that's where we come in. You would be compensated, of course, but I figure all of you would want to figure out more about this group. They have influenced you all in some way. Saria can tell you, I'm sure. I don't think I can speak for anyone else. 
you appeared out of nowhere two years ago. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've always existed, so I wouldn't say I appeared in the sense that I apparated because my existence has been continuous. But to the rest of the world, you were nobody. Yeah, I had a really overprotective family. Yes, and what is their last name, Saria? You ask that like you already know an answer. I do. It was an interesting little compound that you grew up in. I prefer the word conclave. I think it's more inviting. Was it a cult? I've never been part of a cult. Were you raised by a cult? I don't think so. I mean, I was raised by people with particular beliefs that I didn't fully understand, but I think that's normal for most people. So this group, these whispered ones, I guess you could call them a cult, but they tend to prefer to experiment. Experiment in what way? It depends on whatever base they're using at the time. Experimentation on its own is not necessarily anything nefarious. No, but when they need to eliminate the living being that the experimentation potentially produces... Tor would like to make an arcana check on Saria. So you want to see if there's uh, magic on her type of thing? Go ahead. My total's a seven because I have a plus six. (laughs) Tor's having an off day. (laughs) Not that you can tell. I mean, one of her swords looks magical. All right. So it sounds like for all, you're just going to tease me at this point with what you know about me. He likes to do that a lot. My apologies. I like guarding information. Information tends to be very valuable. But at this point, you're right. Keeping this information will wind up only hurting any business I might have, considering that my group is being blamed for the actions of these whispered ones. So, I will lay out on the table what we know about them. They are a wide-reaching group. They tend to keep their experiments quiet, and they tend to try and keep whatever information they glean from it to themselves. They had a base of operations very near the monastery of Kakos. Where exactly? Not far. Maybe half a day's travel. Okay. Now, this conclave had a quiet experiment, perhaps more than one running. But when we went to go investigate, there was almost no trace of anyone having been there. There is the belief that Beryl was trying to find out what was going on. And so they killed him for it. Why do you think he was wielding a blade that kills undead, Sildan, when I'm sure he had many other weapons at his disposal to fight dragons? I did not ever think about this. I believe that they sent someone to kill Beryl. I don't know who, but perhaps you can find out. Tor, I know that the individual who took your research is somewhere within Orenthal. And I believe them to be a member of this group, even hired by this group, to hide the information from you. I think that you were potentially finding out what they were up to in relations to the strange ghoul that appeared ten years ago. How do you know they're in Orenthal? Because they asked for a quiet way to get out of the Thessun kingdom, and my people provided it. So you're complicit, even if you're not, your group isn't responsible. I do not know what group he belonged to at the time. I was paid to do a job, and I did it. I regret doing it now because this dwarf could lead me to this group that is causing so much trouble for my people. Do you know who this dwarf was? Yes. He goes by the name Traborn Stockhelm. 
would he know who that is? Make an intelligence check. I'd like to make a history check to see if it's a historical figure that I've read about. I'd like to do the same. Total of 22 for my history check. It's an 8 for me. 13. So, Saria, Trabon Stockhelm is the dwarf that you were asked to look for. Okay, so it's definitely the same person. That's the name you were given. Okay. Just want to make sure I'm not... There's not a historical figure of a trouble in Stockholm is what I was asking, I guess. Not not that you're aware of. Okay. At this, Vral turns towards you, Kalima. So, from what I understand, Melika was an old ally of yours. And we'll leave it at that. I do not know too much other than you two were one of the few to survive a terrible tragedy. And shortly thereafter, he was reported killed. And yet I had my people see him just a couple of days ago in the Low Hills District. Looking perfectly fine, apparently. Tony, uh, sorry, I would like to try to communicate telepathically with Kalima. So Kalima, suddenly you hear Saria's voice in your head. Look, I don't trust him either. Let's play along till we can figure out what his game is. You just see, like, her face will change for like half a <laughs> second and then just back to normal yeah, as she's yeah. still like it, looking this is, at This is Saria sitting across the room. Talking yeah. in your head. You can talk back in your head. Do I have a passive perception of 16? Do I see this? My uh, passive perception is 20. Uh, would, would I would I see her eyes shift in any particular direction during that half second? All right, so Tor, you do see kind of a change in Kalima, just a quick surprise look. But considering that Vral seems to be talking about a friend of hers, it wouldn't be surprising. So it coincides with dialogue from Vral. Okay. The timing just happens to. Rachel, Kalima can say something back if she wants. So she'll just respond in her head, just okay. So, Melika is either looking for these whispered ones, or is helping them in some way. That's okay. You said you saw him or somebody had seen him alive. That doesn't necessarily mean he has any ties to the whispered ones or any other organization. You see him reach into a pocket and pull out a scrap of torn fabric. Sorry, you've seen this before. And on it, you see a symbol of lips and a finger held to them in the shh gesture. This fabric was taken from an individual he was communicating with. We were able to track him down to a point, but he eventually did elude my group, leaving only this behind. Thanks to the information Gerbos gathered, we were able to determine that this is the symbol the Whispered Ones use. Again, though, it doesn't mean he's necessarily associated with them. I'm sitting in a room with you and Gerbo here, and I have no official affiliation with either of you. Yeah, for all, it seems like you're presenting us with a particular interpretation of facts that suits your interests. Well, dealing with this group would help me greatly. But Melika was also seen the same day that an Olma Stayanoga disappeared. From the running pickaxe in? Yes. Is that one of the people that disappeared? Supposedly. There's been no trace of her since then. Oh, my apologies, Tor. And you see him reach back and he pulls out a small dagger and holds it out for you. I believe this is yours? He takes it. And and is, is there blood on it still? Nope. Looks like it had been wiped clean and he will sheathe it. Thank you. Wait a second. He was the one that was chasing down... Oh. Yeah, that was me. Okay. Look, Vral might not be particularly trustworthy, 
but his intentions are good. These people disappearing, it's not normal. They're acting strange shortly before. I believe potential magic is involved in some way. And we do believe the Whispered Ones are in the city. The fact that we found this fabric kind of indicates that. If they're in the city, they're not up to any good. I'm sure Saria could tell you similarly. You know these people, Saria? I'm not typically very upfront about my past. It's a little odd and tends to make people think I'm a bit weird. But I suppose at this point, it's been alluded to so many times that I pretty much have to share it. Thank you. Well, to be honest, Saria, we don't know the whole story. We only know you seem to only appear there two years ago. Yeah, but you know I have a connection to the Whispered Ones. Which is part of the reason you're here. We're hoping you could provide some more information. I know very little, but I've assumed a few things. I was raised in seclusion in, in a conclave by someone who was not family, was just charged with my care. And I think it was part of some sort of experiment. I think they tried to, if not create me, then raise me to be a particular type of person. I don't know why, and I don't know who. I just know there was someone overseeing the whole thing. And what type of person were they trying to raise you to be? Perfect, which I wasn't. Perfect in one sense. Every sense. Perfect at, at everything. Good at everything. Not deficient in any way. Not human or any other regular race. Just some other something. I don't know. I never got a lot of information. I was just kept alone, trained. But I eventually made my escape after I found out that I was considered a failure. Why were you a failure? I'm not perfect. I am pretty good at most things, but I'm not any stronger than your average person. So that just wasn't good enough. And if you hadn't escaped? I, my understanding was that they were going to terminate me. Not kill me in the sense that you would kill a person, but as you would dispose of a failed experiment. As she's talking, what would be a check to figure out if I can try to sense what she um, is? In this case, you can do nature or religion. They're both the same, so it doesn't matter. I, w- I would <clears> like <throat> to do a similar check, but I would also like to do like a history check to see if in my readings in the library I've come across any other kind of organization or records of any kind of like selective breeding to this same type of extent, trying to create like a perfect being or whatnot. Okay, go ahead. All right, so uh, nature or religion checks? Five. (laughs) Uh, I got a 20 total. Okay. Looking at her now, you, it suddenly dawns on you, she looks human, but something about her, something about just her physical appearance, there's a shine to it that you realize she's an ASMR. Hmm. That she's part celestial. And then you wanted to do the history check? Yes. Yeah, and I assume they're doing, they're kind of doing this analysis as I'm continuing to talk. Yes. Okay. Uh, so 22 on my uh, history roll. So through your research, you've heard of people essentially consider it, but nothing in terms of research of people actually doing it. I see. So this would be fairly outside of the norm. As far as... This is very weird. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, this type of research, would it have been considered, like, morally questionable or... what? what? Profane. Yeah. <laughs> Any sort of research delving into, essentially, the creation of life and willing to destroy it? 
Yes. Okay. So, uh, sorry, I would continue. The one thing that I do know that I don't know if it'll help us, but that's unusual about this group, or at least with regards to how I was trained, I I can do a simple light cantrip, but otherwise I can't cast spells. And I wasn't intended to. I was never brought up around any magic. That's strange because I've seen you around the academy. I I went to the academy looking for answers. I figured it was the center of knowledge and had that magnificent library. So I've just spent a lot of time there reading and the wizards tend to be the smartest people around, but none of my, my abilities aren't magical. So I, I haven't done any training there. That's probably why I, you would have seen me around. I mean, like I, I definitely talk with Noah a bit trying to figure out where my abilities come from because they're not magical. What I can what kind of check could I make to see if I've ever heard of abilities that are not magical in origin? Pure intelligence. Pure intelligence. Fortunately, he's a wizard. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah. yep. Fortune total. Never heard of it. <laughs> I'd like to make an insight check because this seems very strange. <laughs> He's just making it up. Then it's all just one big, and I'm going to go, psych, at the end. <laughs> uh, six total for insight. That's legit. Huh. Very strange. On top of all this, we believe this group experimented with bringing the ghouls into our plane. They may have been responsible for Zoxiara's death, Daryl. Really? She was out defending the Low Hills, being a member of the Vanguard to push this force back. Right. Far more ghouls appeared than there were originally. Portals that opened that should not have been able to. So why do you believe that they may have been the source of her downfall? Because I was at that fight. And how did you escape? I tend to not be injured so easily. Then why were you not there to help her escape as well? I couldn't get to her. Not for lack of trying. Can I make a insight to see if he's <laughs> being forthright? Go ahead. A natural 20, so a 21 Whoa. total. 21 total. <laughs> I'm not very wise. <laughs> you look at him and you do see a degree of anger and frustration from the sense of whatever it was he saw, he does seem to feel that he could not have done more. Okay. Or would actually want to make an insight on Brawl in general to see if he's basically if he's lying about any of these connections. I, I would probably do the okay. same, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Ooh, baby, natural twenty. Can I go ahead and do mine what? as well? I haven't done one. Yeah. Him. I already insighted. So that's so twenty six. Mine's a twenty eight. Ooh. Mine's an Rachel? eight with a plus seven. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh. that one. All your rolls are going to me. <laughs> Adam's um, like, yes, give me I promise I'm not doing this. <laughs> Looking at Vral, studying his, his demeanor, you get the impression he's not telling you everything, but he hasn't lied to you. Vral, are you leaving so out any on... crucial pieces of information? Because I know from our previous discussion, you like to be a little bit not forthcoming with all the information. I have to think there's another angle here. Of course. My group is being blamed for the actions of the Whispered Ones. I can't exactly go about my usual business if I have more and more city guards looking into things and focusing their entire attention on me and mine. So it's the inconvenience, really. And the fact that I'm pretty sure whatever this group is planning 
will take place in the next few days and will be big. Why do you say that? They're revealing themselves. They're slipping. They're making mistakes. They're getting sloppy. Yes, which means whatever they're planning to do must be important enough that they're willing to take more risks than they normally would. And the important event in the city right now is the celebration. Which is where the great hero Thoven Arborshade will be honored with the king and the entire council present. Yes. And But Thoven. An assassination? I don't know. It's possible they're planning a mass assassination. It's entirely possible. It doesn't sound like an assassination, not based on who I know is missing. These aren't assassins they've taken. There is a common thread amongst those that are taken. They're all individuals who have jobs in places where they can find and hear information. All from taverns, shops, a wizarding academy. You mentioned one of my little ones was involved? No. I was simply trying to bring your attention to the fact that what if it was one of them? (laughs) You said wizarding academy. Who's been taken from the academy? I wasn't told about this. Alethra's missing. Yes, Alethra is a woman that I helped get a job at the academy. Have I seen this uh, Alethra? Do I know her? I make an intelligence check. You probably don't. 18. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, you've seen her around. She does janitorial work primarily. Okay. Uh, she has only started recently, though. So you said that they've been acting weird before they disappear, but nobody seems to understand how weird or can give any more clues on that. Perhaps you can? Uh, Gerbo kind of, well, I've had different members of my group go to whichever places have found people missing, and they all tend to say that they just act out of character. For the most part, they still show up for work for uh, for a few days, but during those few days, they just, they're not as jolly, they're not as social, they're, they're a little more pensive than so they normally are. So it could be are. some sort of charm or mental influence. Well, without us actually being there in order to test this... We haven't been able to prove that one way or the other, but that's entirely possible. Okay, I'm in. You've piqued my interest as well. People are being taken, and they're going missing. You can count me in to help find them. I'll come along. Kalima just nods. Like, no words, but she still looks, like, beyond angry. Very well. Well, I have a couple of leads, and it's your choice on what you wish to follow. Apparently, there has been a a strange old woman that goes up and appears at all of the homes of the individuals who disappear shortly before they do. The odd thing is, from all indications, she's blind. She simply stands by the house that they live in, stays there for a short time, and leaves. All attempts that I've had and that Gerbo have had to track her down have been unsuccessful. We believe she's somewhere in the Ankalab Heights, but other than that, I have no proof of this. In addition to that, well, you know, Melika was seen in the Low Hills. Most likely, he's still there somewhere if you wish to go and speak with him. Who is Melika? That's The Kalima's one Kalima's looking for. Associate. I see. Tell me something about this woman. First of all, do you have any kind of name? No. Every time one of my people has gotten close, she simply turns her milky white eyes to them, smiles, and seems to vanish. Vanish... As in magical, or you lose track of her? It seems magical as she disappears on the spot. I believe I've had a conversation with her. You see both Gerbo and Vral just sharply turn to look at you. Where? In the Ankalab Heights district. When I was searching for Alma, I asked around for any sense of a 
community leader who might know where she was. I was pointed in the direction of her home, supposedly, and I went there. And she gave me a little bit of information about the Shadow Wolves, and also directed me toward where Ulma was living. And you followed me from there, Gerbo. Gerbo nodded, and I saw you approach a kind of ruined house, but I didn't see you talking to anybody. I mean, I lost track of you for a second, but... Can I communicate telepathically with Kalima again? Yep. I think we should go try to find Melik, but only if you're comfortable with that. She'll kind of look over to Saria with, like, a really sour look. You know, speaking in her head again, back telepathically. Yeah. If you think that's the best path. I think it's better we go than someone else does. At least you'll know the truth. While you two are having this conversation, Rawl seems to be continuing to speak. Well, if you can find this woman again, I suggest you do so. We have been unsuccessful. We could go to where she revealed herself to me, and apparently only me. Uh, Although, if what you say is true, she'll probably have left no trait. I'm pretty good at tracking things. I can probably take a look around. It sounds like we might not find her unless she wants to be found. That's what it seems like so far. I get the feeling this woman is much more than she appears. She took on the name of Biogosto. Whether or not that is true wherever she goes, hard to say. Tony, can I do a check on that name to see if it means something? You can make a history check. I would actually like to do the same. 26? 19. 8? Between Saria and Daryl, you have heard the name before. It's almost an urban myth, essentially, of an old woman that seems to appear at the houses of those who are about to die. Is it like one of those stories they tell to scare children, basically? You get that impression, and it's usually the type of thing that, when told, it kind of is, you know, stay away from, you know, stay, stay indoors at night to keep kids safe was mostly the idea. Both of you had heard this more as rumors than anything else, but the name was always Bayagosto. And do I get this information with my 23 as well? Yes, you do. Thinking back on it now, you suddenly realize this. So we're chasing a fairy tale. Yeah, basically, it sounds like. In that case, I wonder what she needed my silver for. Needed your you gave her money? She uh, actually, demanded it for information. Are you sure you gave her silver? I'm, he'll open up his coin pouch and check. Your silver's there. I thought I gave her the silver, but this is the same piece of silver. Huh. It's almost like she modified your memory or cast some sort of illusion? That would explain why only I saw her, even though Garbo was there too. In that case, I don't know that returning to the scene is going to help us find her. There may still be some kind of magical residue I might be able to track. Garbo, when you followed me and I asked that other family for direction... Yes? Did you hear that conversation? I couldn't get close enough to hear it. But you saw me talking with with a, a man at his door. Yeah, he didn't... seemed a little scared of you. If if he knew of her, then she must have modified his memory as well. It's hmm. possible. Mm. It's possible that we could speak to him again. Well, that's a potential place to start. I think we should go investigate the appearance of this Melik first. Vral nods. Either way would work. We believe also that they may attempt to create other distractions over the course of the next couple of days in order to draw attention elsewhere. Should we be concerned with those, or should we stay out of those and just focus on the task at hand? Well, that's up to you. 
We believe that within the Iron Fist and within the Helder Market districts, they may attempt to create some noise or, or even steal something to draw attention there, but there's many guards in the area. Do you believe they'll try to hurt civilians? No, not yet, anyway. All right, let's talk resources. What would you like? I don't need much myself, but I don't know if anyone else needs anything provided to them. I've already got my weapons. But I'm more thinking, if we pursue these these threads, can you extend yourself beyond maybe even what your organization is comfortable with to, to try to provide further protection? Especially in the the less wealthy areas of the city where we don't tend to see the city watch or guards around. That is my intention. Going forward, I plan to stretch my neck out a little more than I would normally. Wherever you decide to go, I'll be looking around elsewhere and attempting to keep those who are tend to be forgotten safe. And I'm guessing, since you've had dealings with her anyways, would you alert Captain Marshko of what is going on with the possible incidents that will occur? Gerbo nods. Yeah, I have no problem letting her know. There's only so much she can do without approval from from Warmaster Jalana, but... They can at least be on the lookout. She already has an idea, but again, with, without any more proof from, from us, there's only so many forces she can divert. I'd like to get a message to Thoven Arbershade as well. You see confused looks on both their faces. I suppose that's doable. What would you like the message to say? Just that there's something going on that's going to take place probably at the ceremony, at the celebration, and that he should be on high alert. All right. If it helps, I saw him at the academy earlier today. You could put my name on it. I think he'll find that interesting. All right. I'll make sure to get that done. Is there anything else that we can provide for you? We not might have it here, but we can at least get it to you, depending on the request. So, Colleen will nod. Yes, I would like to make sure that my ambassador is heavily guarded, as I'm not there to fulfill my duty in assisting her. Also, you guarded ambassador. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> and Colleen's just gonna look like it's just my job. <laughs> this is the part of the reason you're all here. You all have connections in one way or another, both high and low, that can help each other out. So if someone comes along, Captain Mars, for instance, and sees Saria messing about somewhere. I don't mess about. If you're with Sildan or Tor, she'll at least be more inclined to listen than just maybe arrest you. I have never been arrested. If you could also contact the Meldwall clan of the Thessan Kingdom, it's possible they might have more information on their end. As soon as he mentions Meldwall Kalima, you suddenly recognize that you've heard that name before in discussion to a very odd dwarf who used to do research on monsters. Okay. So just kind of raise a brow, like looking over at Tor, and probably not bring it up here because it doesn't seem like something that we need to focus on at the moment. Actually, I'm going to write the message to uh, Thoven myself. Can I do that, Tony? I'm assuming I have paper. Yes. Okay. That's fine. I'll write it in Elvish. All right. And I'll just add to it to um to be alert for hearing about the whispered ones, and I'll draw the symbol on there. Okay. We're also gonna need uh, all information you have about Melika so that we can track him. All right. So, last we saw him, he was n- meeting someone near an abandoned. Well, it's almost all abandoned now, but 
one of the most destroyed buildings in the northern part of the Low Hills District. And essentially, he kind of pulls out a, a small map of the city and gestures to it uh, to give you an indication of about where it's at. Is it a pl- place I'm familiar with enough that I'll be able to get there with no problem? It looks like you guys would be able to get there with little difficulty. Okay, we all know the city pretty well. Yeah, you've all traveled the city at some point or another. Uh, Kalima's the only one who doesn't know it super well. Nope. But I've just been here, like, this day. <laughs> a few hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. All right, uh, unless there's any equipment that you can provide? Is there anything that you require? Simple equipment we have here, rope and the like, but... Do you have a more. set of manacles? Actually, yes. That's a good idea. Planning on restraining someone? You see he gestures to one of his his shadow mastiffs, who s- just seems to sink into the background. And a moment later, the door that they, he and uh, Gerbo had gone through before gets nudged open, and it reappears holding a set of manacles in its teeth, which they give to Vral, and he wipes off <laughs> before holding it out. All right, tell me reach forward and grab them. I don't hope to not have to use them, but should we need them? I mean, it's a great way to secure somebody until we can figure out what we need to do with them. It's a fascinating animal. I don't suppose you have an extra one that we would be able to take with us, do you? Those are people. Would you like to join? Uh, I think my uh, studies keep me busy enough at the academy. (laughs) However, I wouldn't mind studying them at some point. Well, feel free to come by again when less pressing issues are around. A list of any other disappearances, just in case they come up, uh, or even other places that Biagosto has been seen and any related events to that. Well, that's the odd thing. All the disappearances, they haven't happened all at once, but all of the people have met with each other at some point. Many of them are, were actually where Ulma was staying, in that flop house. That would explain why a scrap of my research was there. It's possible that Trabon was there at some point. Is there anything else you guys want to ask for all quickly? Sorry is good. Yeah, Kalima doesn't have anything else. She's more just brooding. Sildan doesn't have anything either. I think Daryl's all right. I, I think Tor's all set now. All right. Well, let us know then where you will be headed and what your plans are, and we'll continue on from there. So at this, we will pause here, but jump into the story of Vral Humblefire. As the party leaves Vral's lair, he looks around the wreckage of his hideout. It has been some time since I thought of Asenthias and her. I always wanted more than my parents ever did. Now I have the power to do so. My life was not always part of the underbelly of society. In fact, if I followed in my parents' footsteps, I would not have been part of society. My childhood was filled with the creatures that resided in the Ragorum woods. My parents had a home in the Senthias, but we were never there much. It was such a beautiful place to my young eyes, but I never knew of the cities that existed beyond my little jungle. For weeks, my parents would take me from home and we would go hunting, bringing whatever we would catch back to eat or sell. Waste not, want not. My father was not the best teacher, nor the most patient man. I used to suffer greatly whenever I failed to land a kill. My mother was not much better, turning a blind eye to everything my father did. 
found myself growing jealous of the beasts that resided in the Rigorum woods, particularly the wolves. I yearned for the thought to be part of a pack, or lead one, working together to bring down prey and care for one another. The concept that a group of individual beasts had a better idea for working together than some of us so-called sentient beings fascinated me. And one day, when I was only about ten, as my failure was being properly punished, my parents failed to notice the orc scouting party sneak up behind them. I ran as far and as fast as I could, but I took an arrow to the back and found myself unable to move. I lay there, waiting for the end, as cold began to creep into my body. The end did not come, though. Instead, I felt the arrow yanked from my back as I was rolled over and saw the most beautiful elven woman I had ever laid eyes on. Fresh blood dripped from her fanged mouth, and her eyes were thin slits like that of a cat. She leaned in close, inspected me for a moment before whispering, Your parents are gone, little one. So much the better from what I have seen from them. You are not long for this world, but I can keep you here. I can keep you alive. What I give you can be seen as either a blessing or a curse. You must decide now. Live and be shunned by all other humanoids for the remainder of your days. Or die and pass on to whatever deity you believe. Clearly I chose the former. And as she sank her teeth into my shoulder, I passed out. The next several years were some of the greatest of my life. All of my senses were enhanced, and I craved the pure nature of the hunt. The elven woman, Vashti, showed me what my new were-tiger body was capable of and what it could endure. During this time, I grew strong and even began to tame the very wolves of the Rigorum into aiding me. Vashti did not feel that creatures such as us needed the aid of such beasts, but the want of a pack made me disagree. Then came the day when Vashti left, leaving only a note for me saying that clearly she had taught me everything she could and the rest of my life was mine to make. I stayed some more time in those woods, my wolves and I, but it was not long till loneliness overtook me and I found myself wanting more again. I never felt welcome in Asenthias and knew I certainly wouldn't be now. So I went east, leaving the Rigorum entirely, traveling from town to town, staying for a short while, studying people and moving on, gathering whatever coin and food I could in any way I could. It was not too long before I arrived in the city of Orenthal and tried to stay out of the way and simply study how people worked. What made them tick? I used my old skills in studying animals in order to get what I wanted from them and put it to use, getting what I needed from the people around me. I learned quickly that I needed to lose my accent if I wanted to avoid attention and slowly train myself out of it. I acquired many different items of interest, allies, enemies during this time period. 
began to establish myself a little. But then came the cataclysm. Throughout this terrible war, I saw how the poor were treated by the wealthy, how those in power looked down upon the powerless. All this did was remind me of my own father, and this made me fight all the fiercer during this decade. Fight for those who were deemed unworthy to the upper echelon, to the so-called nobility. Many of the low and often forgotten people of the poorer districts joined my cause, and slowly my pack began to form anew. It was during this time, as a portal opened in the low hills, that I caused my first sighting of a shadow mastiff. It actually snuck up on me, tried to kill me, but I reverted into my hybrid form and wrestled the beast into submission. Rather than kill it though, I let it live, showing that I was the dominant being. I'd like to believe that she came to respect me, and she did begin following me around. Fascinated by this creature that can meld into the shadows at night, I learned everything I could, gaining a good deal of help from a particular elven woman, Zoxiara. She helped me learn what they were, though she frowned upon my learning how to summon them and bind them to me and to others as a sort of familiar. But I was happy. I finally felt that my pack was complete. Thanks to Zoxiara and other allies, I gained magical daggers and other such items of interest. War was good for my business for a time, but then Zoxiara fell. After the war, things did not change for the poor of Orenthal. This time I took advantage of it. I took advantage of the nobles and their treatment of those they deemed lesser. I will care for the forgotten of this city, and I will care not for what those in the Adamantine Palace think. I will lead my pack to the betterment of myself and those who serve me, and let any who wrong me or mine quake in fear. For my wolves will hunt you, they will corner you, and I promise, I would personally tear out your throat. But do not worry, I never turn against those who have aided me. I have my own sense of honor. I do miss my early days, the simplicity of the hunt in the woods, but it would never be enough for me. No matter what Vashti said, I am a pack animal, and I will always be an alpha. You will know the name of Vral. Thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Orenthal Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written. You can also find this podcast on Podbean, on iTunes, and Google Play. We will see you again soon. Have a good one.